when guests come over or you're at a park and people want to meet your dog and the dogs are super excited, super crazy, and they're jumping all over and they're causing a bunch of problems, it can be really frustrating as a dog owner. Well, in today's episode, that is what we're going to talk about, optimizing the training you're doing so that those type of situations happen less and less. Let's get into it next. Hey guys, let's get this week's podcast going. Uh, welcome to the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast. I'm your host, Jake, from ondogtraininacademy.com. Check us out. Check our website out for more information. We are an online course-driven uh, website. We're there to help you guys with all your dog training needs, so definitely check out ondogtraininacademy.com. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button and like this week's episode so that we can keep spreading the love and sharing this with as many people as possible. We're out here trying to help people and we're small, we're starting off, but we really just want to get this information out to as many people as possible. So whether you like somebody, don't like somebody, whatever, let's get this out there. Let's get this information out so that we can be helping more and more people. With that being said, let's get into this week's episode, and it's going to dive into more about how, I would say, one of the more bigger pet peeves or issues that I see people coming to us with, and what that is, is how dogs greet guests, and when I say guests, I don't just mean like coming to your house, I also mean... um, you're at a park and a dog comes up to you. You go to a friend's house. Anywhere where your dog has to meet somebody new, how do they interact with that? We'll definitely talk specifically about uh, greeting in the house and stuff like that because that is a huge one that we get a ton of uh, complaints from dog owners that that's a big struggle for them. But we're going to kind of talk about all of this. So the first thing when it comes to training, I I preach to people all the time, when you're training your dog, you want to really start out training um, with the idea of setting them up for success. So the dogs are very in a very like stale environment. You're just kind of teaching them this, you're teaching them things, but there's not a lot of distraction going on. Especially if you have a dog who's either afraid or extremely social, distractions can be super hard. So I think it's really important to remember when you're when you're working with your dog, keep things easy at first. Um, set them up for success. I'm not going to take a dog who's reactive to people and go, hey, you know what? We're going to go to the fair and we're going to just go there and you're going to get used to this. That's called flooding. And in my opinion, I'm not a huge supporter of it. Flooding, it, it just there's too much of a gamble. It can either go well or it can really backfire. And I'm not willing to take that risk. So... Uh, I don't recommend you do as well. So I'm not going to just throw my dog to the fire and say, well, get over it because that that could really backfire. Um, so I'm going to start super simple. I'm going to go, you know what? We're going to build, we're going we're gonna to train the basics. And when I say basics, really to me, it just depends on your dog and their age. For me, a basic would be like sit, an attention seeking or an attention getting behavior. So their name or, or a watch me command or something. Um, and, and then just being willing to, to take treats and work with you. I think if you have those three things, you can start to work on what we're going to be talking about today. I don't think you need to teach necessarily stays or anything like that. It'd be helpful, but it's not necessary. So, 
So the first the first thing, like I said, set them up for success. Next is is like I mentioned, training the basics and the processes. When I say process, I basically just mean when you say their name, they look at you, they get a treat. Um, working maybe with some counter conditioning things, where like if the dog looks at something, you treat them for looking at it as opposed to reacting to it. Little things like that. But the big thing, and this is the thing that I'm going to dive into the most today, the big thing I think that people are missing and where we live, this is huge, is you're not optimizing every situation you can, meaning you're going to you're gonna have somebody come over to your house and instead of going and being prepared, you just let the dog run up to the door, bark, go crazy, jump on them, bite, whatever they're doing, but you're allowing it to happen. Now, I've gone to tons of different lessons with people who their dogs are loose, and the dog just comes rushing to the door, barking, slamming into the door, whether they're excited or, or scared or whatever they're doing, they're practicing the behavior we are trying to get rid of, right? We're trying to eliminate this. We need to fix this. We don't want the dog to think it's okay to burst out with all of this energy and stimulation and like over arousal and think it's okay to do. But if we're letting them practice it, it's going to affect our training. We can train every day for a straight week but having one or two experiences where the dogs practices the thing that they're already doing like jumping and stuff it's going to set us back it's almost going to just eliminate that entire week of training because you're not it's not like you're trying to train something brand new your dog well your dog already has this idea so it's it's think about like well any habit any habit good habit bad habit you have what's easier to do Right, smokers. So I grew up in a family that had some smokers in it, and I've watched them struggle through quitting smoking, finally quitting smoking, and then even watching them slide back into smoking. Um, and it's kind of the same with dogs. You have something that you think is the way you are. So the dog thinks, okay, I greet people, I jump, I bark. This is how it is. This is what I've done. This is how my brain is processing this situation. So that's just how it is. Well, now we're saying, you know what? We have to do something new. This is how I want you to. Re- uh, this is how I want you to act when these situations pop up. But again, it doesn't take much to regress back. Again, think about the smokers. Okay, you quit smoking for let's say a month. You're going good. You're starting to get those curves down or the 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 cravings down. Uh, whatever. I'm not a smoker, so I don't know. Um, but you you start to get the cravings down, and then you have one time where you have a, a lapse of judgment. And you have one cigarette or one drag or whatever, and boom, you're right back into smoking again. Because it's so easy for something that's been such a habit for so long to get sucked right back in and be part of what the dog is again. So optimizing every situation you can is critical, absolutely critical, because I don't want the dog to practice the bad ones. So if you have an opportunity, and again, this is where I say I, we have a lot of people up in our area that struggle with this. We live out in the country a little bit more, and so we deal with a lot of clients who are like, yeah, my dog doesn't get around a lot of people. I'm like, okay, does anyone come to your house? Well, sometimes. Do you take your dog places? Well, sometimes. Okay. So what issues are you having? Well, he barks. He, he barks and gets super excited. Okay. And And when I start talking to him, what I realize is that they're not optimizing the, the, the tiny the, the, the opportunities they have. The opportunities they have to practice the new good behaviors to start the dog on a good path. 
They're either not consistent or they're not doing it at all. And so, especially if your dog has limited exposure to people, but even if they don't, be really careful on how your dog acts in certain situations. If your dog sees a person, don't let your dog jump and be crazy. Have that food. Have those processes that I talked about at the first step in place to be able to help your dog. Now, if you get somewhere and your dog is stimulating so bad that the processes and the things that you've worked on prior that you know the dog knows aren't working, then that's telling you you've taken too many steps. You need to go back and find a middle ground. <clears throat> find a distraction, <clears throat> excuse me, find a distraction or find something that's not as stimulated as the situation you're in now, a little less, but maybe not as stale as like the the initial training where it's a very more of a stale environment. You need to build into what your goal is. So so that's that's a tip for you guys, but really keep in mind, okay, I have a guest coming over today. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe you could say, Hey, just so you know, I'm going to have my dog on leash. Let me know when you get here and just help you just come in. I'll be ready, but just let me know when you get here. Those little steps make such a huge difference because then that's, that's the mat. That's the difference between your dog barking and going crazy and you not being prepared to you being prepared, having food, ready to go, have the dog away from the door, whatever it is, and working your dog into a more healthy or at least a more satisfied for you, uh, behavior. The next thing then that, well, I'll, I'll stay on this for just a second longer. Um, looking at my notes, it's reminding me of one thing. And I've said this in previous podcasts. So if you've been listening to me for a while, first off, thank you. Second off, you've heard me say this many times. Be proactive. I'm going to say it again. Be proactive, please. You need to make sure you're thinking ahead of the situation. Like I mentioned, I have somebody coming over. Okay, this is what my dog's going to probably want to do. How do I get my dog to do it differently? And when you come up with these plans, you're setting yourself up for success, which is what I talked about first. But you're also, you're being proactive. You're saying, this is what's going to probably happen. I'm going to be prepared. As opposed to your friends coming over and then the dog come, you you're like well I'll just try to manage the dog whatever and the door opens and the person comes in and the dog runs to the door and is barking and jumping and <clears throat> your management is pulling the dog off of the person trying to grab the dog doing whatever telling the dog to be quiet yelling at the dog whatever it might be tons of things that once the dog is over threshold overstimulated and their brain is shooting through the ceiling you've kind of lost it and so that, that's what you need to make sure you're doing. Being proactive in situations, not reactive in the situations. I hope that makes sense. And you can apply any of what I'm saying. I'm talking about mostly guests coming to your house and the dog greeting them. You can talk about, you can apply this situation to going to a park, anywhere else that I mentioned before. Any situation where your dog gets too excited. Well, if you're not in control, if you're not, if you're not uh, um, prepared and you're being proactive, you're going to struggle. So consider that. Remember that. <clears throat> and like I mentioned, with the with the dogs who live out in the country or people who don't take their dogs out as many places, it is so critical that every single time that you can, you're setting your dog up for that success. You have your dog. So every inter- interaction your dog has with people is a positive one with positive results. And you're happy and the dog's happy because... Because your 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 situations, your exposures are so limited, 
it can greatly affect what happens. You want It's going to be slower progress, but if you keep slowly doing it in the positive way, you're going to see positive results. If you try to do it and then you have slip-ups here and there, it's going to set your training back. I'm not saying it's going to completely derail it, but it's certainly not going to help it. So really keep these things in mind. And the last thing, the last tip I have for this, for this uh, podcast is manage. Management. When we're talking with clients and we're like, hey, what do you do with your dog in these situations or, or whatever? Or if I'm like, hey, we're going to come over, we're going we're gonna to do work, whatever. I always have a management plan for them. Like when we work on behavior cases, the, one of the main things we start with is, okay, let's develop a plan first. Like what, what kind of foundation are we going to put on this dog, right? To, to start to build the processes or build, the, build what we want. But also, we're going to come up with a management plan. How do we minimize or eliminate your dog's exposure when we're not ready, when we're not proactive, when we'd have to be reactive? How are we going to manage those? How are we going to come up with a plan to manage those situations? And part of having success is awesome management. Look, if, if you have someone who's coming over, if you think FedEx is going to be here and, and FedEx usually shows up, like for us at our place, FedEx usually shows up somewhere around... Yeah, sometimes in the morning, um, late morning. So I'm going to try to be more proactive. Either A, I'm going to be looking out for the FedEx person so I can maybe turn it into a training situation, or I might just have my dog away for a couple hours in that time frame where that FedEx usually comes. And you can usually track packages and do that crap, whatever, to kind of know a better time range. But if you can do that, if you can manage it, you're going to be more successful. And if you can't, like, like honestly, like, like, there's times we're going to have company over or something and I and, and we have to host. So we're going to be more busy. So our dog spends more time in his kennel. So value of crate training is, well, you're going to spend more time in your kennel because I'm not going to be able to work you through anything that might come up, especially with dogs who have issues. And so, so really, that's really everything in a nutshell right there. Make sure you're, you're setting your dog up for success. Okay? Have that in your mind. Be proactive, not reactive. Right? Next, Train what you want your dog to actually do. Train what their name means. Train a sit. Train some sort of clicker, marker word, something so that they know when they're doing things right. Start to train those things and then gradually increase your difficulty into what you're doing and make sure you're optimizing every situation you can. Sometimes things get hard. I understand sometimes situations are out of your control, but if we can do everything in our power, it makes a massive difference. So guys, I really hope that this week's episode was helpful for you. Um, Like I said, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to uh, our channel. And if you're on, if you're on, if you're listening to us through the podcast, you know, thank you guys for listening. If you want to review our podcast, that always helps kind of get this information out there more for people. We definitely appreciate it. Um, But yeah, so if you want any more information, guys, check out ondogtrainingacademy.com. Uh, I'll put a link in the description. I'll also link to our Facebook page where you can join up and just follow some of the stuff we do. I'll also link you to our Instagram and Facebook for both On Dog and for the Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast. Um, for the podcast, we love hearing from you guys. We want to hear about what topics you'd like us to talk about. So you can either comment uh, in the YouTube in the YouTube comments. Let us know what you'd like us to talk more about. And, or, if, or, if, or if anything else, you can jump into one of our social media pages and say, hey, this would be a great topic I haven't seen you cover yet. So guys, thank you for listening this week. Thank you uh, for watching if you're on YouTube. And like always, guys, 
we'll see you next week.